are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. There's a good word that I want to give to you this morning. We use the book of Daniel, but it's referred to 199 times in the Bible. It's a powerful word. It's a bedrock to the North Valley Baptist Church. This is what we believe. It's a word that's been hijacked by two institutions. It's been hijacked by church work. We use this word and we have redefined the word in the last 15 years in particular in our churches. I want to deal with that word. We have also redefined the word with the United States government. The word today I want to give you, and we'll find it often in Daniel chapter 3, is a word that's imperative to this church. I grew up with this church. Our gospel tracts had this on our church. We believe this word. But government and church leaders have redefined it. It's the word worship. Government now has told us how we can worship, how we can do church, how many can go to church, how you dress and your face looks when you go to church. You cannot sing when you go into a building because government says you cannot worship God that way. But we have a spiritual mandate, and we'll see it before the day is over, that we have a spiritual mandate to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, we're still assembling. Out here, this is an assembly. This is what Jesus would have done to the seaside and from the mountain, from a ship. And so we're not stopping, but we're not paying mortgage on a building to stay empty. I want you to know we're not paying mortgage on a building to go in and mask up and you cannot sing. We are commanded to sing. We'll see that tonight, how important it is to sing. Church work, we have worship and praise and people have hijacked that word worship. Much of the worship that we'll see throughout the day today and tonight, much of the worship turns back inward and promotes us and it does not uh, really at all authenticate the word worship. Worship is the word that just simply means reverence. Reverence, or awe, or respect, or devotion, or to bow, or to stoop, or to fall down. When we worship God, we don't elevate ourselves and promote ourselves. That's why a worship team, and we'll cover it before the day is over, I promise you, is not probably a good thing to magnify just the same few people and they're in charge of the worship. Worship is for all of God's people. And I hope that you did this this morning like I tried to do. I get up early every day of my life and I try to worship God long before I get in the presence of people. I hope that you did not come to church to worship only, I hope you've already worshiped and you brought your worship, your bow, your reverence, your respect, 
your stooping, your humility already before the presence of an almighty God. When you come to church, you stop analyzing when you've worshiped. That's not a good group. That's not a good song. That's not good harmony. They're not doing a good job. He thinks he's so important. She thinks he's so great. You don't analyze the next person. You've already bowed and fell down in the presence of God Almighty and you want the desire to lift him up and if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me, the scripture says. Today, we have a high responsibility as humans and as Christians to give the highest devotion to God Almighty, for he is worthy. And one day in the book of Revelation, we'll all bow before that name and worship that holy name. Well, let's get a head start right now. He told us 199 times in the Bible how to worship. We worship God, we don't worship self, we don't worship an organization, we don't worship a man, we certainly do not worship government. Government is there for the people. The, the people that we vote on uh, a week from Tuesday and we put them in office, we don't work for them, they work for us. They're our employees. They are not our masters. And I know that we have politicians watching today. You go to Washington and you become a congressman or a senator or you become a judge or you become a representative or you become the mayor or a city council member, you work for us. We are your boss. We the people. You're a representative. And tonight, I want, today I want you to understand that Daniel was faced with an obstacle because the king was swayed by some people to make an image and said, now, this is the new way to worship. This is the way to worship and you have to have a mask on and you, you cannot sing and you cannot congregate and you, you cannot talk to people. You cannot let them see your face. Now notice what the Bible says in Daniel 3. In Daniel chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. And in verse 2, the king sent to gather the princes and the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and the rulers to come into dedication of the image that the king had set up. And he gathered in verse number three, the princes and the governors, the captains and judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and the rulers of the province. And he set up and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, to you, watch this, think of this day we, which we live. To you, it is commanded, O people. Nations, languages, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sapphire, the salsary, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and, what's the word? Worship. And you worship the golden image. And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth, the same this hour shall be cast. And I don't want to draw this away, I'm more concerned with church leaders that have changed worship than 
government officials. But government, you have absolutely no right to tell us how to worship. No right. You've stepped out of bounds. When we had the town hall, every single person but one was asked, and there was many that were on, and many of you are listening right now, you were asked, do you think that the government has the right to keep the church closed? And without exception, all but one said yes. No, that is not right. It's like Nebuchadnezzar said, I'll have the music go, and when you hear the music, you fall down. And when I tell you to fall down, you will fall down. That's not the foundation of America. That's not the foundation of our Constitution. That's not the foundation of our heritage. Verse 7, all the music, and they heard the music, and they fell down, and here's that word again. They worshiped the golden image. They worshiped at the mayor's command, at the health department's command, at the governor's command. They worship at uh, the president's command. They worship like they said, this is the way to worship. Worship is to fall down, it's to bow down, it's to stoop down, it's to show great reverence. I'm not showing great reverence to an image made by man. The Bible says, therefore at the time that the Chaldeans came near, accused the Jews, they went after God's people. They didn't like the way the Jews were worshiping God. They did not want that because they were supposed to worship the golden image. And so they go through it again. Verse 10, and the latter part of the verse, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews. There were three of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. O king, they have not regarded thee they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Nebuchadnezzar was in his rage and fury. Politicians, you have no right to have rage and fury against the people of God. You have no right to have it against any citizen. We have a right to live in this country of ours that was established long before you came around, and there were certain rules and regulations for this. And Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true? Verse 14. O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do ye serve my, uh, do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image? And verse number 15, he refers it again about falling down and worship. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the fiery furnace. Who is that God that should deliver you out of my hands? And verse 17, O king, O king, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, verse 18, nor, wor uh, nor worship the golden image which I set up. We're not going to do this. We're, we're not going to. What, what happens? Government has become so self-centered that government wants us to worship government. But we cannot fall down to government. We must fall down to God. That's exactly what the overreach of government has done to our people, not just churches. I think what they've done to restaurants and to barbers and to hair salons and to manicurists and to all these other corporations and businesses. But not only does government overreach, but we find that churches 
have adopted a new worship and praise mentality. When a government dethrones God, you open yourself up to other issues. For example, the first step is always historically, look at World War II. It's always socialism. That's what we had, even Mussolini from Italy was a socialist. But then he got under some teaching of Christianity that was vile Christianity, wrong Christianity, trying to control man. Christianity should never try to control man. Christianity should try to take people and point them to Jesus Christ, who's the way, the truth, and the life. Now, Mussolini got duped into this. And all of a sudden, he said, I'm not a socialist. And he created something called fascism. Fascism does believe that you can own property. Socialism does not. Socialism is the, com the cousin of communism. And communism says, as socialism does, as fascism is, as Nazism says, there is no God. You first have to get rid of God. And that's what our schools have done through the government in 1962 and 63. You have to get rid of God first. And then in 2020, you have to get rid of God. God does not have supreme authority over the country. The health directors have supreme authority. That is false. That is dethroning God and putting man under the, uh, the authority of government. So Mussolini became what it was called a Marxist. They've taken the website down, but if you look at Black Lives Matter, it says their foundation, they are Marxist. If you would look at Bernie Sanders, and now some of them followed him, he says, I am a socialist. Well, get ready not to own property. Get ready for your government to control your life because socialism and communism and fascism and Nazism and humanistic philosophy wants to control the next person. Jesus said, stand fast in the liberty where Christ hath made you free and be not again entangled with the yoke of bondage. Salvation, Christianity frees people. But oh, I tell you what, religion and government can enslave people. We have in Daniel's day that King Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to worship me. My Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 20, and Paul realized that bonds and affliction were gonna wait for him in Jerusalem. And he said this, that I know that after my departure shall grievous wolves come in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves. And that's what has happened in the church. We have allowed a generation of young people to come in and redefine Christianity and redefine worship. Worship, they believe, is all about a feeling. It's all about me. Worship is bowing down before a holy God. It's stooping down before God. It's saying, God, you have so elevated, been so elevated in my life and I have been enthroned. I don't want to magnify me. I want only Jesus Christ and a him crucified, and he lifted up. Jude says, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write of you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write and exhort you so you earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered or deposited with the saints. 
The historic doctrines of faith have not been deposited with a Bible college. They have been deposited with the saints of God through the house of God. You have to fight for the virgin birth and the deity of Christ and the coming again of Jesus Christ and the sovereignty of Christ. And he is God and he is Lord and he needs to be magnified. Therefore, the words worship and praise have been hijacked, yes, by government, but yes, by religious institutions. So in my office today, I have so many brochures from this area. Other churches say this, come, one of the talking points, come, and we will not bore you with Jesus. It literally says when you come to our church, we will not bore you with Jesus. It says, come as you are. By the way, that philosophy, come as you are, you leave as you came. Church is to change us, to bring us closer to God and conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. One says this, we'll get you out in time to watch the football games of the 49ers. Since when does that have a bearing about going to church? One says this, we have church that your parents would not like, but it's good for you. I tell you what, if my mother and dad who are godly people did not like the church, I should not like it. There's something about heritage. There's something about family. There's something about the way you've been brought up. And I think it train up a child the way he should go. It, there's a training. Paul said to Timothy that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, he had a mother and a grandmother that taught him the Word of God. We're turning church into a nightclub. We're turning it into a performance. We're turning it into a show. And if we're not careful, we have lost the idea of what true worship is about. Genesis 22, 5. Abraham went to the wilderness and he worshiped God. He went to get alone with God and he worshiped God. Moses went to a mountain. He was there for 40 days and was worshiping God. And he came down and he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. He worshiped God. God gave him the plans for a tabernacle. And they built a tabernacle. It was a portable building, 15 by 40. And as they had the three tribes and three tribes and three tribes and three tribes, 12 tribes. When the tabernacle moved, the three tribes in the north moved and the south moved and the east moved and the west. Why? Because all those two million Jews, their life centered around that tabernacle was a place where they could learn the joy of worshiping God and coming to the priest and confessing their sins in Old Testament and he could offer sacrifice for sin. But this man, Jesus, for once offered himself and there is forever a high priest in heaven making intercession for us. Thank God for eternal security. Then in Psalm 121 through 135 was the Psalms of Degrees. What is the Psalms of Degrees? Jerusalem was set up on a hill and the degrees were steps and they'd walk to that holy temple that was built and they'd sing from the psalm book, the book of Psalms, and they'd sing as they went, singing as they went to Jerusalem because they wanted to worship God, worship God in a temple, worship God in a, a tent, worship God in a tabernacle, worship God on a mountain, worship God in the wilderness. 
Oh, I tell you what, I love that word worship. And the New Testament, God has given us the New Testament local church. The Bible says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God gave us a church, the New Testament ecclesia, a called out. We are called out from the world. We are here in a parking lot. We're in an auditorium. We're online. We have been called out from the world and assembled together as God's people. That's what a church is all about. The church is a place where we attend. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. A church is a place where we tithe upon the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. Let there be no gatherings when I come. The place of church is a place of prayer. For my house shall be called a house of prayer. The gospels tell us, referring back to the Old Testament, it's a place of singing the church. The Bible says sing, sing. And God's people, Ephesians 5, should sing in harmony. And they should sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody. Government, you don't have a right to tell us how to sing. You don't have a right to tell us how to worship. Every child of God ought to know the joy of worshiping God by themselves and the collectively coming together to worship God. You don't have to be an analyst. Well, I don't like the way churches. Stop analyzing church and go to church and participate. And as you've met with God and worship God, you will be that great analyzer that you think you need to be. How important it is. I think of that. Worship, we cannot allow it to dethrone God and exalt ourselves. But instead it's true, instead of promoting our flesh, we promote, promote the one we sing of, the one we preach of. World, real worship is not 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, where God commands us, love not the world neither the things that are in the world. I'm getting so tired of people say, well, we just all don't believe the same, but you know, God bless you, you do it your way, and I'll do it my way, and we'll meet up in heaven one day, and we'll all work it out. That's blasphemy against the Holy God. I'm not doing it my way. I want to do it God's way. Hebrews 10 says that I am going to give, here at 13, I'm going to give an account to God for the way I led this church and we're not leading by testing the wind. And we're not leading by always a vote. God raised up a leader to lead the children of Israel. And God let, let, raised up a pastor to lead his people. And that pastor will answer before God for the work of the New Testament local church. Therefore I see that the pastor, the shepherd, he guides, he protects, he feeds. A pastor ought to be one like a parent whose watchful eye is over his children and his sheep. I look at this modern day. This modern day, we have praise and worship. Praise, now we think it's, uh, uh, singing is all morals. Whatever you want, it is. That's the big thing with praise and worship. You do it your way, I'll do it my way, and we'll just, you know, just figure out how we do it. No, we don't do it that way. Much of the music is based on syncopation where you emphasize the offbeat. We get that from jazz. We get that from rock and roll. Rock and roll is not a good term. 
It was a term that was identified by a disc jockey in the East Coast about 60 years ago. They were referring to the streets of the city where women of the night would walk and then they would sell their bodies. And what people would do to them, and it's very vulgar to say it, but they would rock and roll the person over, leave them for themselves, leave them for others. It's a, go it's a gutter word, it's a godless word. But we have now introduced that music into our church. I remember, I believe the year was 62, it could have been 63, on a Sunday night our pastor said, there's a group coming tonight to America, they're gonna be singing. We had black and white television. He said they called themselves the Beatles. And the Beatles came to this country and they introduced a new type of rock and roll that Elvis Presley, who was brought up in church and he was brought up with Jesus loves me, this I know. He was raised with the hymns. He made that hymn, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, very popular. He made that song that came out in the 50s. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that flooded my soul. His, his great hits were gospel songs. But Alvis, even in his own testimony, said, I changed somewhere along the line. And it began to magnify his body and dress so people could see the gyrations of his body. And it was, a, it was alarming to hear about the way he would throw his body before the, the people of, of the day and vulgar. And yet people bought into it, even God's people. And now they bought in back in the 62, 63 when the Beatles came. But that is tame music today compared to what we have in our churches. And our churches have done so much to magnify the singer and the flesh and the self and the pastors. We've done so much to magnify the ability and the showmanship of a pastor but I don't see that in Jeremiah. And I don't see that in John the Baptist. And I don't see that in Isaiah. And I don't see that in the prophets of God. And Ezekiel, they stood and stood. And I thank God for Daniel here. That the king said, you fall down and worship me, my image. And he said, I'm not gonna do it. Then he said in another chapter, you stop praying. And he continued his custom as aforetime, and he opened his windows, and he put his head toward the direction of Jerusalem, and he prayed, and they said, okay, because you have rebelled against the king, there's consequences. Government, back off! And God's people, I want you to know I'm not so much concerned with the way government tells us to worship than the way that in our country we are inviting our fleshly worship to come into the church. I traveled so much in my ministry for 40 years, almost every week, Monday and Tuesday, somewhere. Several years ago, I stopped, and I want to dedicate all my life that's left to the people of North Valley Baptist Church and to my wife, and I love it. When I look at places where I would preach 20, 25, 30 35, 40 years ago, not only could I not go back, they would not want me back. They have the rock bands going and they have the contemporary music going and they have the performances going. And we're doing away with 
more church for less church. One and done. Many places on Sunday morning, that's it. If it's not convenient, Sunday morning, we'll get it out of the way Saturday night if you want to come early. Many of those places I've preached are now extinct and they're gone because they tried that route and it did not work. I want to remind our church tonight, today, worship begins with you and your relationship with God, not on the parking lot. It begins with you personally meeting God and bowing before God and breaking before God and humility before God and reverencing Him and lift Him up and exalt Him. We sing, oh, worship the King, hotel of His might. We sing the song, come at Christmas, come and worship, come and worship. What does that mean? Bow down. Worship Christ the newborn King. I grew up in a church where every Sunday morning, Sunday night, we'd sing, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. It's called the doxology. And the doxology was to bring Him and lift Him up and exalt Him and magnify Him and dethrone ourselves. The Lord gave me the beginning of the year. Normally it's the end of the year that I, I see that God gave me a verse or a song. God gave me a verse early in the year back, I think in January, maybe February, I put it in my prayer journal. It's John 3.30. He must increase. I must decrease. My goal, by the grace of God, is not to hear, Pastor, that was a great message. I'd rather say thank you for preaching a great Christ. I was praying this morning about my stinking pride my arrogancy, my self-will. And as I was praying to God, I said, I really truly believe, God, I want to be used by you for your sake. And even in prayer, I said, Lord, but I don't even know my heart. Oh, wretched man that I am. It's my prayer that one day I'll preach my last message and I'll look back, I pray that I lifted him up. I pray that I honored him. I, I pray that my life was a life of worship to God. I'm convinced because I'm so concerned with God's people. We depend so much on the internet and we worship the internet more than we worship our God. We worship worldliness more than we worship God. We worship our gossip and our bitterness and our hate and our self-will and our scorning and our sowing of doubt more than we worship God. And it shows up because the church is so weak. That's why on this Sunday morning, this beautiful fall day, I look at a full parking lot, jam-packed, people in chairs, people in cars, parking lot one all the way back there and around the corner where I cannot even see, and an auditorium that's filled, and a courtyard, all these places where people are seated. I believe there's a true hunger. I don't believe COVID's been bad for us. I believe COVID's been good for us. I'm watching people have a desire for God. I'm watching people praying all the time. There's hardly a day goes by you don't see somebody out here or several somebodies or many deacons every night of the week out here praying. 
deacon prayer meeting last night was again, we were in the auditorium. What a crowd, a huge crowd came for prayer last night. The Spanish is experiencing the same thing. They're seeing so many get saved. So many lives are being changed. We're having people call on the internet and said, how do I go to heaven? We're finding that Bibles are being readily received by our neighbors and folks around here. They want a Bible and they'll strike up a conversation. I think people are just lonely to talk to somebody. And you go to the door, it's very rare if someone doesn't want one. Something's happening. And perhaps Nebuchadnezzar meant it for evil, but God has meant it for good. I'm not going to waste my time all upset about what the health department and all what these, the governor and all these people have done to the church. I believe in their foolishness they have helped the church and not hindered the church. The church is going forward. God's people are giving. We are nine weeks away. Nine weeks away for completing paying a pastor's salary and building a building for 400 churches in the Philippines. 400 churches. If they averaged 100 each in those villages and in the jungle, that's 40,000 people a year, a week. That's over 2 million people a year going to church. How'd that happen? God's people said, we're not caving in. We're not giving in. We're going to see this thing go forward. Our missions giving is up. Our general is up. Granted, we're trying to maintain all these ministries with just that plate offering. It's very difficult. The school enrollment is coming on for the spring semester. The Christian school is opening. It has opened. Our radio ministry has reached the world for Christ during COVID like never before. Our mailbox is filled with people writing in and our emails come daily from around the globe. Your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. So as we leave today, government may tell us how to worship. Religious leaders may try to change our worship. But friend, I want to remind you what, what's happening is working. Don't change it. We don't have to try to go get a crowd. We preach the word and God brings the crowd. We don't have to have music that will attract the world. We have music that honors Christ and they will come. People want preaching. People want and need singing. People need the old time way. And as the world is trying to change our constitution and change our bill of rights, they can try all that they want, but the hope is get back to our root and let's keep with worship. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Worship is awe. Worship is respect. Worship is bowing down. To God, not to man. To God, not to the philosophy of this world. To God, not the philosophy of the modern church of today. And there's always been a push to change the church all the way back when you look in the New Testament and all the way back in Moses' day in chapter 32 of the book of Exodus, they were trying to redefine worship and redefine music and redefine dress and redefine leadership. It's always been under attack, and it always will be, but soon we're going to see him. And I'd love to hear, well done, North Valley Baptist Church. Well done, God's people. You stood, you stood, you stood. I wonder how many churches in the Silicon Valley are standing for God. I wonder how many have enjoyed just not having church. If you feel like watching a YouTube, you can watch a YouTube. Very dangerous.
very dangerous. God's people need to assemble. I look at how you come with your vehicles and your cars, how you're bringing your children, boys and girls, to the house of God. You're not coming with anger and discouragement, but you're coming with enthusiasm in your heart. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.